Well, good morning and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for you big book study. My name is Jen A and I'm from Colorado. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Thursday, February 3rd, 2022. It's 7 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. And today we're reading from the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous in the chapter titled A Vision for You. We're on page 164 and we're reading the first paragraph. It begins with, still you may say. We're going to read that one paragraph only, and then we'll comment on that one paragraph. So today's readers, we have Team Thursday. Da, 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 da. Okay, we have the 12 Steps, Maura Z, the 12 Traditions, Toby K, Readers of the Text, Sam S, Closing Reader, Katie G, Backup Reader, Martha Z, Newcomer Reader, Lisa O, and Second Hour Moderator, Nancy C. The reference numbers for yesterday, Wednesday, February 2nd, 2022, the 7 a.m. Eastern Standard Big Book Study recording is 18,495. That's 18495. The 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Big Book Study recording is 18,500. That's 18500. Okay, Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who through shared experience, strength, and hope are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine, and we take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Okay, so this is our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states each group has but one primary purpose, and that's to carry the message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At A Vision for You Big Book Study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and the 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. So I'll now ask Martha Z to read, oh, sorry, not Martha, Maura Z to read the 12 steps. Sorry about that. Good morning, Maura. Good morning. 12 steps of OA. One, we admitted we were powerless over food that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Excuse me. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. 11. Sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him. 
praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. 12. Having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you for letting me do service, and I pass. Thank you. I'll now ask Toby Kay to read the 12 Traditions. Toby. Hi, it's Toby. Yeah, hi. Uh, could you hear me? Yes, go right ahead. Thank you. Uh, Toby Kay from New York. Um, the 12 Traditions. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for a group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the um, overeater who is still suffering. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never to be organized, but we may create service boards or communities directly responsible to those they serve. 10, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues. Hence, the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. 11, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, and films. 12, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all our traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you so much for letting me share I pass. Thanks so much, Mara Z and Toby Kay. This is how our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then we stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and the literature we are discussing, and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. So our abstinence requirements for moderators is one year, for readers is six months, but there is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We're sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. So to share, you're going to press star one to unmute. And once you're done sharing, let us know by saying pass. Then press star one to mute your phone. 
In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. So today we resume our study in the chapter titled, A Vision for You. It's in the big book on page 164. We're reading that first paragraph and I'm now gonna ask Sam S. to begin reading. Good morning, Jen. Thank you for leading. <laughs> this is Sam S. I'm a recovered compulsive eater in Bristol, Rhode Island. Still you may say, but I will not have the benefit of contact with you who write this book. We cannot be sure. God will determine that, so you must remember that your real reliance is always upon him. He will show you how to create the fellowship you crave. This paragraph reminds me of the line that talks about how our recovery cannot be dependent upon people, has to be dependent on our relationship with God. And this is a really hard lesson that I find that I have to learn over and over and over. You know, one of the things I was told when I came in and have been reminded of a lot is that God gives me who I need, when I need, and forever, and however long I need. And that's a really hard concept for me because when people go and I don't think that it's ready to be done, I pull on them and I lose that trust that God is in control and that God is directing. And I'm not the actor in the show that gets to pick who my, you know, who my fellow, um, fellow people are. Um, but what I have found is that um, I've heard someone say that life is lived forwards and understood backwards, that um, when I really reflect on the people that I've come and gone, I've learned so much. Um, and I've learned uh, so much gratitude from God um, that I've, I've I've gotten to know God better um, through the people. Um, they're really gifts, gifts of people that I've come to know. Um, and the lessons um, have not always been great. I've made a lot of mistakes. Um, but I'm just really grateful because no matter what, I know that I, I, have, um, I have God with me. I'm never truly alone. I, a lot of my inventory work is about feeling like I'm being rejected or abandoned, and and God has never done that. Um, I'm I'm the one that turns my back. I'm the one that goes to people, and um, I'm also reminded of that line: job or no job, wife or, or no wife. And and I constantly think job, you know, husband. I need these things. I have to have these things. But um, at the end of the day, God is everything or nothing, and. And the people in my life are the ones that um, that hold my hand in this program and that bring me to God. The point isn't that I'm holding hands with someone who's going to be braiding my hair and telling me that I'm amazing. It's the people that are going to speak the truth to me to bring me back to God. And if I rely on God, I'm, I truly am never disappointed. I'm really grateful for this. I'm grateful for the fellowship. I'm grateful for... Um, I'm grateful for those that just remind me of that importance because I forget it a lot. Um, and with that, I pass. I'm excited to hear everybody else. Thanks, Jen. Thank you so much, Sam S. All right. Well, guess what? We value everybody's experience. So we ask that you just limit your share to every third day. That way we can hear other voices and they can share their experience too. So who would like to share on the paragraph that was read today? Tina G from Boston. Sarah R from New York. Bonnie B. 
Diane Loretta H. From Sarah Hello. R. Sarah R. Okay, from thank New you, York. Sarah. I got you. I was waiting for you to come back. <laughs> okay. Sarah Diane R. B. Katie, Katie G. And then Bonnie B. Loretta H. Okay, so the, who was the last person who just said their name? I was writing. I apologize. Tina S. Diane B. Thank you, Diane and Tina. Okay, I think we got it. Let's stop there, ladies. Okay, I think I I think I got everybody, but if I missed you, please forgive me. <laughs> it's an exciting paragraph. I have Sarah R, Katie G, Tina S, Bonnie B, Loretta H, and Diane B. All right, it's a great lineup. Go right ahead, Sarah R. Um, good morning, everyone. This is Sarah R, compulsive overeater from New York. Um, this is such a great reading because my you know, prior to program, and even, you know, sometimes in program, it's always about, you know, dependency on things, right? So at, in, in the disease, it's dependency on the food or restricting the food. But, you know, I love what it said about how people in program won't necessarily meet the writers of the book, right? And it's about the higher power. And what that teaches me is that you know my dependencies on other people and as and someone had shared you know dependency on friends and i i hold on to people i hold on to things and you know kind of like sour cottage cheese sometimes you just scrape off the top and you still want to eat it you know and that's that's what teaches me is like if if my higher power wants to let those people go you know, let them go. I'm I'm kind of in the middle of step four where it writes out the lie. And I have so many friends on there that are no longer in my life. And, you know, my, my, um, the fear that I wrote is maybe I'm not good enough to have friends like this. And then the lie says that, no, you know, maybe they're not supposed to be in my life. And while I was, you know, going through each resentment, I realized like, Number one, I was a different person when I was with those people. And there's a reason my higher power does not want me to be with those people. And you know what? The healthier I get, the more healthier, wholesome, you know, friendships I can make. And same with jobs, right? And I could apply this everywhere. I could apply this to family. I could apply this to opportunities. I can apply this to parking spots, right? Every I can apply this everywhere. And this is why I have to read the book and listen, join meetings and practice the work every day. Because even, you know, I like to say sometimes, like, I, I toe the line on my program, right? So I check all the boxes. I do everything I'm supposed to. But it always always boil for me it boils down to connecting with my higher power for everything and not just the things that are convenient you know and um thank you so much with that i pass thank you so much sarah r from new york up next we have katie g she'll be followed by tina s hey katie hey jen thanks for taking the meeting katie g recovered compulsive eater in boston I find it interesting. It doesn't say that he will show me how to create the friendships I crave, right? He shows me how to create the fellowship I crave. It's amazing that um, God has taken what was, I was a little girl who felt like I was somebody else. I should be somebody else doing something else with some other people at some other time. And I really needed a stiff drink or a bite 
to even go to kindergarten. I mean, that's just the truth. But today, you know, we can't be sure. Maybe I will have um, contact with those who wrote this book because we're not grounded in the friendship that we crave. It is the fellowship. And the fellowship is an association, especially with people who share one's interest. And unlike a Weight Watchers meeting or a pay and way, the fellowship of the spirit is sharing my common interest. So what's my common interest? It is to maintain my entire abstinence, which the doctor tells me, and to help others through the practice um, of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous, right? And it says, he will show me how to create the fellowship I crave. Now, what is craving? Well, uh, Carl Jung says that my craving for food is the equivalent on a low level of the spiritual thirst of my being for wholeness, expressed in medieval language, the union with God, right? And so, no, I cannot depend on people at all, ever. Um, However, what God is teaching me a day at a time, he's taken me from this hollow bone that I was that needed to stuff food and people and alcohol and who frankly threw up all over um, Overeaters Anonymous for many, many years. And he has united me with God's kids because my primary purpose is to go to a desert island all on my own, right? No, absolutely not. My primary purpose is to live in the fellowship that I crave, to live with honor, dignity, and grace. And what does that mean? It means there's a new order of things. It means that my order of my life is God, you, and me last. And so in order to be God's girl today, I need to be in the fellowship that I crave. I need to be unified with those who are not just with me on the common problem, allergy of the body and obsession of the mind, but who are living in the common solution or who are suffering from my malady. My primary purpose is to stay clean and to help others and to share the story that I no longer have to suffer from compulsive eating. Thanks be to God, I can continue to grow. With that, I pass. Thanks, Katie G. from Boston. Up next, we have Tina S. in sunny Florida, and then Bonnie B. in sunny Florida, too. All right, Florida Sunshine Girls. <laughs> Go ahead, Tina. Thanks so much, Jen. Hi, I'm Tina, Compulsive mm-hmm. Eater, Recovered Compulsive Eater, anorexic in Florida, and, and it's beautiful today for sure. Um, wow, what a, what a great paragraph. You know, ditto, ditto, ditto to everybody who shared. You know, bottom line, you know, um, my real reliance must be upon God, you know. And, 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 and also it says that God will determine, you know, who that fellowship that I crave is. And, and that has been my experience. But I really have to, you know, really talk about the first um, half of the first sentence where it says, but I will not have the benefit of contact with you who write this book. Well, you know, my experience is I've had personal contact with people who had who have had personal contact with the people who wrote this book. And they had shared their, this message to them, who they have shared with me, you know? And so I feel privileged. And I think that, it, you know, through people who share with people who share with people, we all have had contact with the people who wrote this book, you know? And I think that's what it's all about, you know, that we can do this still one day at a time with the help of a power greater than ourselves and with the people that 
uh, follow along with us, you know, and I love just the previous share that, you know, we, we do this together, you know, shoulder to shoulder, one day at a time, you know, and people, again, friendships will come and go, and God is the constant and consistent in my life, you know, and I continue to cultivate that so that he gets bigger and bigger, you know, um, and, and, you know, when I look over my shoulder, like people talk about the people that have come in my life that are no longer here, we're here for the season you know, to get me to where I needed to be at the time. And then people that come today, you know, get me to be where I need to be today. And that's just what it's about. You know, it's about paying it forward and, and how we have the opportunity to do that with so many people. You know, and I love that it was talked about. My primary purpose is to stay clean and sober and abstinent and to carry this message to those who still suffer in or out of the rooms. You know, and that's what I try to do today. You know, and, and I ask God when I awake, you know, what can I do for the man who is still sick? And that's also in the next paragraph. But that's what I do daily. And, and when, I'm, when I'm focused, he, I always have that opportunity. Now, whether I take it or not, that could be a different story. But I always have the opportunity to help somebody else. And, and through God and the fellowship and one day at a time, working the 12 steps of transformation, I don't have to pick up anything to deal with life. You know, that I can do this thing happily, joyfully, and free, you know, without a pastime. Thank you, Tina S. from Florida. Up next is Bonnie B. Go ahead, Bonnie. Good morning. Thank you kindly. Good morning, Jen. Good, good morning, everyone. Um, tough to follow up on some of these shares because they're exactly what my heart was speaking this morning. I'm, I'm going to, like, hone in on the second sentence where it says, we cannot be sure. You know, we cannot be sure if we're actually going to bump into these people. In my head, in my heart, that says to me, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if we bump into these people. It's not going to make a difference if I'm connected to God, whether or not I bump into the people that I think um, wrote the book or the people that, um, you know, we all, have, we all have those heroes. When I came into this program, there are many people I listen to over and over, and I'm so grateful that they're willing to put themselves out there because there was so much truth in what they said. But ultimately, in the end, um, you know, their goal, I'm certain, was to get me to connect my hand to the hand of God because they would never be able to um, get me recovered. No person can get me recovered. No program can get me recovered. Only God can recover me. And, um, you know, prior to this program, prior to the 12 steps, I went from program to program, and I went as a Christian woman, which was really confusing to me. I had a higher power. I had a God. And yet I was not connected to God. I wasn't because I did not understand that there were all these things blocking me from him. But God uses and has used so many people and many of the people that are on the line today to, um, to take my hand very gently and to once again put it into the hand of God. And this is what I, you know, I think of this program, that's my ultimate goal on a daily basis is to wake up and say, God, fill me with who you are. So that I can I can I can breed this out on other people, and a God that I serve is a, a God that loves unconditionally, and He and He only will fill that craving. And it is the fellowship, um, you know, it is the fellowship that He has used because I finally have a community. I never had a community before. Now I have a community. So to anyone who has done the gig that I did, which was you know 43 years of, what's the next best thing, which is always a diet. Um, I just encourage you to, like, set those aside and start reaching out to whatever your higher power is because he is the one that's going to deliver. And then utilize the fellowship because it's a gift from him. 
It's on the earth for us, and it's definitely a gift from him to connect us to him. And with that, I'll pass. Thanks, Bonnie B. from Florida. Up next is Loretta H., followed by Diane B. Good morning, Loretta. Good morning, Jen. This is Loretta H. in Raleigh Recovered. Thank you, everyone on this line for saving my life. Jen, for your always wonderful service that you do for us. And um, create the fellowship you crave. And on um, in We Agnostics, which is what I was when I came into program, our human resources, as marshaled by self-will, are insufficient. They have failed us. Every day when, when we must carry the vision of God's will into our activities. Surrender, surrender, surrender. And I can't get anything I crave unless I surrender, or I can't create anything. Um, there, in reflection, there's a saying, no, K-N-O-W, God, no peace. N-O, God, no peace. So I, in order for me to surrender, and I always uh, share um, in surrender, serenity, God sightings await, because I totally believe in that surrender. If I can carry out his will, be a servant to him, my day is going to be a very good day, even though sometimes I stumble, sometimes I fail, but he'll pick me up, you know, and usually when I am in total chaos, and which I'm an architect of my own making, when I do fall, he actually lifts me. And um, I've, I've shared this before, but the right, I was in a career where that the Wright brothers created, and they actually went to the Louvre to study all the religious paintings to create the airplane. Now, if that wasn't divinely inspired, our book is divinely inspired, then, you know, and I don't understand God, but I stand under him. It's like all this stuff. I don't understand a lot of it, but somebody through knowing God has actually given me the opportunity to find him because today it's a process and it's a relationship but every day I must seek every single day I must seek if I don't I'm flat on the ground again so today you know I'm so fortunate that I have been abstinent for many 24 hours and I call my abstinence spiritual my food plan is a tool but my abstinence spiritual, practicing the principles in all of my affairs, and hoping to see God's face in everything I do today, because that is the only way that I will have peace. So as the result of this work and as a result of this program, I can say I have joy, and I can say I have happiness, but I have freedom too, and that's the greatest gift that anybody can give me today, for today, only for today. I'm never cured. And with that, I pass, and Jen, I love you. Bye. <laughs> love you too. Thanks, Loretta H. All right, and Diane B., you're going to share next. Before you do share, we'll just pause for a moment to let those who might have joined us a little bit late um, know where we're at. Okay, so we're in the chapter entitled The Vision for You, page 164. We're uh, just reading that first paragraph. 
that starts with still you may say. So Diane B, take it away, and then we'll take another list of names. Good morning, Jen. Good morning, newcomers and everyone else on the line. I am Diane B, gratefully recovered in New Rochelle, New York, and thank you, everyone, for your service. So I think that what hit me today was that um, my reliance on my higher power and also that that higher power is going to show me how to create the fellowship that I want, that I crave. And for me, higher power comes in many forms, and including um, gods with skin on them. And my sponsor had me calling three recovered people. With every chapter that we studied, I had to call three recovered people and ask them for their experience, strength, and hope, and what was their favorite paragraph on that chapter. Um, and this at first, I really didn't like doing that, but actually this exercise taught me how to reach out, do outreach to people and reach out to people that I don't know and how to speak to quote-unquote strangers. Now they've become part of my fellowship. They've become part of my, my God squad. Also in calling newcomers, um, people who identify themselves as new on the line, I would call them also. I still do that. Um, and that also helped me to start reaching out and, and um, being in contact with other people. You know, this disease for me was a disease of isolation. I was hiding. I was ashamed. I was shameful. Um, I felt horrible. I was depressed. I was lonely. And slowly and slowly but surely, as I started doing these exercises of calling people, whether you guys were recovered or whether you were newcomers or just people who were on the line, that really helped me so much to develop this God Squad that I really need to keep my program strong. And so now, because my sponsor made me do that, I do that with my sponsees as well, and I get the same thing. I don't want to do this. But after we start doing it, after they start doing it, then it becomes like more of a habit and more of a much easier task to do. So thank you, Jen. With that, I'm going to pass. Thanks so much, Diane B. in New York. All right. So we value everybody's experiences here this morning on the line. We do ask that you limit your share to every third day, so that way other voices and other experiences are heard as well. So who would like to share on the paragraph that was uh, read this morning? Lisa B. Reva P. 10 WH. Lisa, Reva, Ken, Amy G. Amy. Did you get Reva P? I did. Thanks, Reva. I got Lisa B, Reva P, Ken WH, Amy G. Anyone else? Artis H. Artis, A-R-T-I-C-E, is that correct? I uh, know it's uh, A-R-D-Y-C-E. Oh, well, thank you so much. That helps people find you too. Okay, good, Artis. Thanks for the clarification. And one more person, please. Reva P? Dana, thanks. Well, that worked out lovely. Lisa, Reva, Ken, Amy, Artis, and then Dana. Okay, Lisa, go right ahead. Good morning, everybody. Good morning, Jen. My name is Lisa B., and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in South Carolina. And um, I really love this reading. Um, you know, as a compulsive overeater, I'm naturally someone that wants to isolate. I, I always want to, I naturally, that's my go-to place but I, I also love to talk to people, and I've been in sales for many years, and I've always loved sales and working with people, but I can be such an isolator on the inside. I'm, I'm really a good actress that way. And um, 
you know, it was through coming into this program and, and getting abstinent and learning to feel my feelings. And for some reason, the, the phrase that I hear a fellow on this line say that emotion will always trump intellect. You know, so I ate over my emotions, even knowing the consequences that I would suffer terribly. I didn't know how to stop. I just didn't know, you know, and food did something for me that I needed. And then it stopped working and I suffered from it and I couldn't stop, you know. And coming in here and learning about the big book and the set of directions, learning what the doctor's opinion shares about abstinence and going through the steps, the transformation began to happen, but I didn't do this on my own. I started sharing it with a sponsor and I had an AA sponsor many years ago say to me that the more honest I am with another alcoholic, I get closer to God. It's the same thing, you know. The more honest I am with someone here, I get closer to God. I don't get closer to God by going off in a corner and journaling letters to God, which I used to do in the throes of my eating compulsions. I would write letters to God. I would go to church and sit. I would take the Holy Sacrament. I would have people pray for me. And they would say, well, what can we pray for? And I would never tell them. I would just say, I just need prayer. It was all secretive, you know. But when I started laying everything out in front with my sponsor, with my inventory, and now in my 10 steps, and now with my sponsees, or not my sponsees, but fellows that I get privileged to work with, um, you know, the more honest I am with another compulsive overeater, I get closer to God. As a recovered person, the more honest I am with another compulsive overeater, I get closer to God. I don't have this special key to God where now I just get to go off privately. I always need to be honest with another compulsive overeater, you know. And it's just amazing. And I'm so grateful for this connection I have with God and this relationship with this power, this presence that's beyond my understanding. And I see it also in you guys, you know, and that's why I need to stay close to you. Because sometimes and often I don't see it in me, but you guys help me to see it in me, you know, when I see it in you. And I just need to be real with fellows that I work with and share with them my, my fears and my, my uh, failures. Because sometimes when we're listening as a newcomer, we think everyone's got it so together on this line. We all sound so great and happy. But it's not like that. You know, we do struggle. We do struggle, but we have a wonderful set of tools and a way of life that works, you know. And it's not about we don't eat no matter what. I used to eat no matter what. But now I can go in abstinence because I have access to this power. And you guys, you know. So it's a wonderful way to have a fellowship. I didn't know how to be friends with people. I never knew. I knew how to take hostages. And I knew how to be offended and be resentful and be hurt and be selfish. And I keep learning, you know, in here how, how to be with other people. So, so grateful. Thank you. I pass. Thanks, Lisa B. from South Carolina. Up next, we have Reva P. followed by Ken W.H. Good morning. This is Reva P., grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater in Toronto. Wonderful, wonderful shares. Um, like everyone else, the uh, two things that struck me the most in this paragraph is I must, I must remember, and I must remember that my real reliance adds the word real it doesn't just say reliance my real reliance always always is on that power him her it whatever I call it Um, and you know I say that and I know in the part about fear because the root of all my defects is always fear you know am I trusting infinite God or finite self yes I trust infinite God yeah yay yay and then something happens and the person is not there for me. 
and something happens and I don't have the job or the healthcare professional doesn't give me what I wanted, then what happens? I see how much I still rely on people, places, things, situations when I don't get them. And that's such a great reminder, Reva, you're knocking on the wrong door. I'm knocking on the wrong door for my security, my self-esteem, all those basic natural human instincts. Um, I misplace where I'm supposed to get those needs met. Um, and I love this reminder, my real reliance, always, 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 in every situation when I am disturbed, it's because I'm looking in the wrong place, putting the syllable on the wrong, putting the stress on the wrong syllable kind of thing. Um, so I can have a bit of humor about that, and it's always about turning, turning to the right source. And the second thing that struck me is create a fellowship that I crave what did I crave when I came in here? I craved the food big time. And I thought the fellowship was, please help me stop eating club. Um, and I've learned that the fellowship I really crave, like others have shared, it was that soul emptiness, that spiritual emptiness. That's what I'm truly craving. And the fellowship I crave is people who are seeking and striving that connection with power and help me put my hand in God and guide me on the right path to the real source. Um, that's the fellowship because that's what we share. It's not just the common problem. It's the common solution, the steps that lead me to the right source. And I need people to remind me, Reva, you're knocking on the wrong door. Um, and with that, I pass. Thank you so much, Reva P. from Toronto. Up next is Ken WH. Good morning, Ken. Good morning, Jim. <clears throat> this is Ken WH out of North Carolina, recovered compulsive overeater. Uh, I'm just always struck by Bill's way of putting words uh, and reusing them and actually transforming them. He's bookended these, uh, his writing here with the word crave in a way. Uh, we hear it first in the doctor's opinion in the preface, and then we hear here at the end in the last couple paragraphs of 164. Uh, and he's completely transformed its image. Uh, in the first instance, it's not a good thing. Uh, when I put certain substances in my body, into my bloodstream, I crave. And I want more, and I want more, and I want more. Um, at the end of this, uh, his writing, I'm craving fellowship with other recovering people. In a sense... Um, I cannot crave something until it's in my blood. Uh, according to the doctor's opinion, if I don't eat certain things, I won't crave them. Well, I got to get them in my blood, and I got to get this fellowship in my blood. It's got to become a part of my way of living on this planet. Um, in the middle of all of that are the steps, at, which are for the purpose of me to relate to a, a power greater than myself that solves my problem. And that's the relationship to God. And um, that is taking place inside of uh, the beginning and the end of these writings. The 12 steps are in the middle there. And, uh, and I'm supposedly having established that relationship by the time I get to steps 10 and 11, and then continuing to develop that relationship. 
I have a relationship to God. I don't have a fellowship with God, so to speak, in that this relationship is an unequal relationship. God is God, and I'm not. We work on uh, unequal terms, so to speak, and, and I come to God as, a, as someone in need, and, and that's the nature of the relationship, and I keep growing in that. The fellowship is something that I crave, and that's where I come together with equals. We're all on the same page. We're all on the same level. We're all in the same boat together, and, and that's what I seek. Others like me. Um, I crave that. I, I didn't always crave that. I thought I had reached what I needed to reach at step 12. Now I know better. I know I need and I crave and I want in my bloodstream this desire to be among my friends, my, my fellows in this, uh, in this program. And I'm so grateful that I've come to that place. So thank you all for being a part of my craving today. Thank you. Thanks. Thanks, Jen. I pass. Thanks, Ken WH. All right. Up next, we have Amy G, followed by Artist H. Hey, Amy, good morning to you. Good morning, Jen. Uh, thank you so much for your service. Uh, so grateful to be here. My name is Amy G. I'm a recovered compulsive eater from Maryland. So, but I will not have the benefit of contact with you who write this book. I always have to smile a little bit because I'm thinking, well, I know they mean physically seeing someone, but the reality is for me, I'm in contact with people who write this, the people who wrote this book because I'm in this book every day, you know, and oh, do they know me so well, right? I mean, here it is, another quote. We, we just went through a quote, the last page on 163. We know you are thinking, quote, I'm jittery and alone. I couldn't do that. And here he's saying, still, you may say, but I will not have the benefit of contact with you who write this book. I mean, what is, what am, what is, what am I still saying? That I'm afraid to sponsor, that I'm afraid to be of service? But the reality is that this book teaches me that I have to be on the firing lines of life, firing lines of recovery, firing lines of carrying the message to the still suffering compulsive eater. That's not an option. My job is to do what this book asks me to do once recovered is to carry the message to the still suffering compulsive overeater. We read it every day in the beginning of this meeting and what the tradition says, what our primary purpose is. And that when I do that, oh, by the way, you know, the byproduct of that is a fellowship, a fellowship that I crave. I want to be a part of this fellowship, but that's not the purpose of this book. It's not to meet the writers of this book. It's not to have that fellowship, although I want it and I crave it. It's to carry the message. This book is written for the express purpose of showing us the way via the 12 steps to God, to my higher power, to the power source that I need to recover. And then everything else falls into place. When I keep the primary purpose, the primary purpose, which is to recover, to be recovered via the 12 steps via the instructions in this manual, and then to carry the message to the still suffering compulsive eater. Not an option. I do it for me, I do it for you. And when I do so, just through contact of doing all of that, this fellowship, God brings me this fellowship. It's like when I do what I'm supposed to do and I leave room for God to work, God rockets me to a fourth dimension. And here is a fellowship that I never dreamed possible. A fellowship that is true, 
and loyal and friends I never dreamed possible. It is an unbelievable fellowship. But the point is, this book, those who wrote this book, it's about the 12 steps. It's about pointing us back to our power source. And then everything else falls into line. And with that, I will pass. Thanks for letting me share. Hey, thanks so much, Amy G. from Maryland. Up next, we have Artis H. Good morning, Artis. Where are you from? Hi, good morning. I'm from Florida, and it's so nice to be here. Um, and this is my um, my second OA move, so I'm 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 very new at this, but I'm I'm been I'm in other uh, 12-step recovery programs, and I just want to say that I've I've two paragraphs underneath this. It's all highlighted. So I've read this paragraph that we did. Uh, today, and, and honestly, I, I feel like it's for the first time. I it just never hit me before. I just never realized it. And I, I do have to say, to me, what it what it means to me is, um, um, you, you know, having it's God's will, not my will. It's the moment that I take my will back um, or rely on myself that that things start to fall apart. And it's funny because. Um, Sometimes I, 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 I did this last year. I was in a situation that I needed to, you know, a situation came up, and I, I remember praying to God and said, "Don't worry about this, God. I got this. You know, I know how to handle this." And I, and I didn't. And um, I'm so humbled and realized that, you know, when I, you know, let God guide me or, you know, um, follow His ways, um. Uh, that's when I, when I, everything turns out perfect. And in regards to the fellowship, um, the fellowship you crave, I, uh, I just the fellowships that I'm, I've been in, and I've, I got this number from a, a dear friend of mine. Um, I never heard about uh, this, a vision for you. Um, it, it, the fellowship is just amazing. There's so much support, and um, for me. Um, God puts you there and teaches you, you know, puts you there, and it's like a God moment. You you learn a lesson, um, and you can um, move on. But the fellowship to me is the most amazing, um, and it's um, definitely what I've always been craving. So thank you very much for letting me share. Well, thank you, Artist from Florida, Artist H. So glad you're here. Welcome to those who are also new. And coming to the Vision for You Big Book study for the first time. Up next, we have Dana P. Dana, go right ahead. Good morning, Jim. Thank you for your service. Dana P. here. I'm in California. Um, you know, what's coming to me this morning is a silly little song that uh, one of my great teachers sings or wrote and sings. And it says, All the world is my friend. And it goes on verse after verse, and there's this beautiful chorus about that. Um, and it talks about giving away our love. Um, all the world is our friend when we give our love, and when we give, give, give. And so, you know, looking at this paragraph, um, it talks about uh, the fellowship. But it says, God will show me. It doesn't say God will give it to me. It says, God will show me how to have developed this fellowship that I crave. And I came into this program specifically vision for you as I listened to people speaking on the line because I, I really was isolated. And you hear that all the time that the disease is so isolating. And, and I was so alone and empty. 
And what I didn't really realize is that that emptiness was a spiritual emptiness. It was that uh, God-shaped hole, as you hear people say. But it was ultimately my disconnect with the spark of the divine, that image and likeness of God that lived inside of me. Um, And the way that God showed me, has showed me, continues to show me day after day, and it's just such a beautiful miracle, is that what separates me from that are all of my character defects. And so when I look around, you know, I had so much judgment about people, and I still do. I mean, gosh, I'm far from anywhere near perfect. But just judgment, they're not like me or they don't get me. I wanted people to understand me and be like me. I mean, what a selfish little brat I was because I was only okay if somebody was like me or went along with what I said or understood me. And what I realize now is this beautiful rainbow of human beings and that are just like me. I mean, every single person on this planet. Um, and what I see are those character defects. And ultimately, it's the character defects in myself. They're not me. They're things that have like a heavy coat um, that I've put on over the years. And God is showing me through these 12 steps and through all of you how to peel away those layers that keep me separate um, from that spark of the divine that lives in me. And is just like that silly little song, you know, dance and sing and play with all my friends and fellows because all the world is my friend. And I'm just really so grateful this morning. It's such a beautiful, beautiful meeting. And, you know, I was looking forward to the next paragraph coming up. But this one, boy, I'll tell you, this hit the nail on the head for me this morning. So thanks again, everybody <laughs> on the line. And I'm going to pass with that. Thanks. Thanks so much, Dana P. from California. All right, we've got time for a couple more brief shares. Who would like to share on the paragraph that was read today? Crystal P. Crystal and Pete. All right, so we have Chris. Oh, okay, I have Crystal Crystal P and Pete B. Go ahead, Crystal. Press star one, Crystal P. Hi. Oh, sorry, did you call me again? Yes, go right ahead. Oh, hi. Good morning. Sorry. This is uh, Crystal P., Recovered Compulsive Overeater from Toronto, Canada. The line that stood out to me this morning is just that we cannot be sure. Because when I came into program and always till today, I'm always so sure. No matter what happens, no matter what my past experience is, I know how things are going to go. You know, and I, I have so many of those like, but what about, but what about, you know, no matter how many miracles have been worked in my life, it's always, well, what about this, you know? And, you know, coming right into program, it was, you know, but I can't get abstinent because I live with, you know, my family eats, uh, you know, eats all of these kinds of foods. Or, oh, but if I put down that food, then what am I going to eat for breakfast in the morning? Or, oh, my gosh, I'm, you know, to make an inventory is going to be so hard and painful. To, to face these people and make an amends is going to be so difficult. It's going to hurt so much. Well, you know, I'm okay, I'll start sponsoring, but I'm I'm never gonna be as good as those sponsors, you know, and or if I stop trying to protect myself from my family and friends and people at work, then then obviously I'm just gonna get trampled upon, you know, and, and I'm gonna lose everything that, that I that I have. I'm so sure I've always jumped five or ten steps 
you know, 10 months, years down the line, and I'm already at the end result in my head, and I'm exactly sure of how it's all going to turn out. And what this, and the best thing that I learned in this program, one of the best things is just I can never be sure. I can, every time I'm so sure of something, I, can, I just have to throw it out because not a single one of my socials has ever actually happened for two reasons. One is that now God is in the equation. I have just now tapped into a power that's greater than me. And once God is in the equation, it's a total game changer. Nothing that I'm so sure about, it, it will ever hold because if God wants something to happen, it will, irrespective of all the other circumstances. And second of all, because I am never the same person today that I was yesterday. If I'm working this program, then God is continuously transforming me on a daily basis. So who I am a month from now is not the person I'm going to be today. You know, so whoever, whatever I have to deal with a month from now, I will be dealing with, with a bigger God, with even greater grace, with even surrounded by even more love and filled with even more recovery. So whatever my objections are, whatever I think is the reason that for today I cannot work this program like my life depends on it, none of those have ever been true. And the moment I let those go and allow God to act in my life, that's when I started to recover. Thanks for letting me share. I pass. Thanks so much, Crystal P. from Canada. Up next, we have Pete B. Pete, you have two minutes. Go right ahead. Thanks, Jen. Appreciate you calling me. My name is Pete B. I'm a compulsive overeater recovered today by God's grace and mercy. I think the one thing I want to point out is that it says that we will create the fellowship that we crave, not find the fellowship that we crave. And that's an important distinction, right? You know, I'm grateful that, you know, it's the fellowship's primary purpose, right, to carry this message to the next sick and suffering compulsive overeater, right, to stay abstinent and carry the, 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 carry the, uh, the message to the next sick and suffering compulsive overeater. That's not my primary purpose. The book says that my primary purpose, our real purpose is to fit ourselves and to be of maximum service to God and the people about us, right? That's on page 77. Right? If you look at page 102, it says your job now is to be at a place where you may be of maximum helpfulness to others, so never hesitate to go anywhere if you could be helpful. Right? These fellowships are fine and dandy. No leaders, no rules, you know, uh, you know, basically the sickest of the sick. They're all fine and dandy. But we have to be helpful to all of our fellows about us. Right? And we create the fellowship by attracting those to the message that we're carrying, right? So we don't need to, you know, fit ourselves into the, the sayings, you know, the customs, the norms of this fellowship we, that, that, that we exist in. We have, we have literature that explains our program. We have, we have experience relative to that literature that demonstrate that it works, right? So there's no need to water it down, expand upon it, offer additional, you know, additional details on how to do things. We have a simple program for complicated people, right? But it says we create it. We don't need to fit into it, right? I didn't, I didn't get recovered to walk under the, you know, like, like I just need to fit in and say what everybody says and thinks how everybody thinks and do what everybody does. I'm being guided by a power greater than myself, greater than a fellowship. You know, they told me when I first got sober that the fellowship 
never got one drunk sober. If you're a real compulsive overeater, if you have this hopeless disease of the mind and body, right, the fellowship will not save you. There is one that has all power. That one is God. May you find him now. And with that, I'll pass. Perfect timing. Thanks so much, Pete. All right. Well, thanks to everybody who shared today, 14 Voices, One Solution. Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following the closing. Get ready. Here's the share ID for today. It's Thursday, February 3rd, 2022. The 7 a.m. Eastern Standard Big Book uh, recording number is 18,503. That's 18503. We're now going to close with a reading from the Big Book. We're still on page 164, and that's going to be followed by the Serenity Prayer. Katie G., can you please read a vision for you? Hey, John, I sure can. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is a great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then. Amen.